You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Episode 17.3, Van Top, brought to you by the Big Red Van. Each week we address all angles of one topic with cultural relevance, and this week we explore the mega topic that is fantasy football. How is it legal? Who are the major companies involved, and how do you even draft a team? All of the answers and plenty more. Welcome to the Big Red Van. might be one of the funnest van tops i think i'm gonna have the most fun with this one but quite possibly oh yeah here we go with an approach on fantasy football Ooh, ooh! i like the sound of that football season is about to kick off people yes, are actually about to have their fantasy drafts if you haven't already when did you say yours was uh the sunday the 27th so oh, it's coming up coming up mm-hmm. yeah gotta get my plan ready yes yeah, hayden i said it my draft plan Gotta yeah, get this ready. So we're going to come at you with with a couple angles on fantasy football. It wouldn't be a van top if it wasn't three angle approach. So mm-hmm. Hayden's going to give us a history of some gambling and other things to kind of set things up. And we're going to have some players of the game, and then we're going to tell you how to play the game, and then give you a little bit of maybe some advice. So Hayden, start us off. Wade, you are the expert. I, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, well, you are. Here we go. Okay. So I, I feel like we can't talk about gambling. That's Oh, we can. I want to put that in quotes. We can't talk about gambling in quotes in the U.S. without talking about where gambling kind of started in the U.S. So, gambling gets traced back all the way to Native Americans. Did you know that they were gambling on things before white settlers even came? I believe it. I, I mean, thought that was kind of an awesome hmm. fact. They would just, like, any sort of skill game, they would throw down money for it. I believe it. Well, they, didn't, I guess, didn't have much of money but goods sure so anyways i thought i bet you two of my arrows that (laughs) uh and then like in the 1600s blackjack uh, baccarat roulette poker all that stuff started coming in from white settlers around the 1880s gambling really exploded you think like wild west yes you know i think western you know what i'm saying just everybody was gambling you know the 1800s that's just what my brain goes yeah but anyway so it exploded saloons were everywhere of course that was the cool thing so that of course turned into lotteries being formed that's when the first lottery started to come around was the 1880s in the u.s i know you look a little confused i was like no in the u.s only and then by 1910 is when the u.s said gambling is illegal prohibition yeah Yeah. it's right around then wasn't it gambling and liquors yeah gonna destroy the world damn heathens Hmm. 20 years later because of course you know underground gambling probably never ceased they probably flourished yeah uh but in the 1930s nevada was the first state to pass state legislature that said we want gambling to be legal and they just countered federal law just kind of like how california does the whole marijuana thing it's legal there but federal law says it's not which is still the case by the way, federal law still says gambling is illegal. Nationwide. Nationwide. But anyways, but so... But Nevada's just doing their own thing. Nevada has a state law that says gambling is legal. Just like I said, how California has yeah. pot legal, but yeah. it's illegal federally. Okay. Huh. Makes sense. Didn't realize that. A couple other states are in the same boat. Delaware and New Jersey are both gambling legal states. Okay. Basically, those three states dominated the gambling market forever. All the way up until the 1990s. And that's in 1998 is when the Indian Gaming Regulation Act was in, put into place. So the Indians can do whatever the hell they wanted on their land. 
And so what do you do to make a lot of money? Open casinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people listen and be like, yeah, Indian reservation casinos for sure. Yeah. So they, that allowed them to have gambling sites on their land. But since the 90s, that's also when what kind of started to explode? The internet. So in the, in the 90s, the internet comes along and all of a sudden casinos are like, hey, there's another way we, we can get money from people. Let's start putting casinos online. Mm. So, of course, it exploded yeah. online gambling. Before regulations were in Before place. Before regulations sure. were input. So it kind of ran rampant all the way up until 2006 when the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act came into play. This caused a whole lot of the online casino market to totally crash, shutting down many, many major gambling sites. For sure, like the one that I used to frequently play online <laughs> poker exactly. on and frequently make rent yeah. <laughs> playing online <laughs> poker. Um, so what happened with a lot of those companies is they went international. Or lose it. I remember like probably one of the ones you used, we were talking one time, it's like based out of the UK. The UK, something. 100%, yeah. Yeah, so that was their kind of skirt around, but it was still a little illegal to move the money. A little illegal, dude. I cashed out a check from them one time, and I got a check <clears throat> from them that had like Chinese lettering in the upper left-hand corner. Yeah. I was what? afraid I was afraid to go deposit it at the bank. Yeah, so the... It was like $800. I was like, I'm, I'm putting this in the bank. <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll take the risk. Of course it was shady. Oh, yeah. What that leads to... So in short, the casino, they have to find their loopholes to keep their online gambling yep. business rolling, right? Yep. That check had loophole written all over it. <laughs> What they started to do is that only websites that operate inside the states of those, so their servers are based out of those states, and the revenue goes to that state, that's how they were able to skirt around it a little bit more. Okay. Also, there is no law that technically says that online gambling is illegal. There is only a law that says directly that accepting money for gambling purposes is illegal. And gambling purposes are defined as things of chance? Things of chance. Okay. Hmm. Although it still is technically illegal federally, the states are able to skirt by this with their state laws to saying that it is legal. Those websites are operating out of those states. So therefore, that is how they're able to stay afloat with this. So this is where we segue because we love our segues. Bring it up. All right. The loophole, because of course, all these fantasy sports websites, they've got to have their loophole too. Of course. Right? So I'll read that back. Accepting money for gambling purposes is illegal. Fantasy football is categorized as a game of skill and not a gamble of a game of chance. Mm-hmm. Damn right it is. So there is their loophole. They are able to skirt by all these gambling regulations because it is a game where you choose based upon skill. And it's not a roulette table where it's randomly going to land somewhere. You can do your studies and your math and come up with good choices that's so. kind of interesting though because of the way um FanDuel actually started which is what i'm talking about FanDuel and DraftKings, which happen to be the two home run hitters when it comes to oh gosh i mean if you know fantasy sports <laughs> you, you know, know FanDuel and DraftKings. Well, yeah. i think even if you don't know fantasy sports you know every other ad that comes across your tv uh yeah they ran some ad space when those that just goes yeah. to show how much money they got if they ran an ad every commercial yeah. three times mm-hmm. over and over and they uh, focus it i'm sure on certain weeks but it's volume <laughs> commercials yeah, yeah. 
But anyways... So tell us about FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, so beginning with FanDuel, because they came into the game first in around 2008-2009. But here's how they started. They're from Edinburgh, Scotland. This is pretty interesting. The way they started was off a prediction platform. So they started asking around and got a group of people to predict who they thought would win the election in Scotland. It was very interesting. Rather than starting off with sports, they wanted them to predict and bet money on who they think would win this office or that office hmm. and whatnot. And once they realized they were getting enough hits from it and enough people interested in it, they decided they need to expand the business and how are they going to keep getting people to play sports. That's how they're going to do it. Favorite sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Exactly. So they didn't stay in the UK. They decided that they were going to go overseas and mess with those Get types all of that American money. <laughs> so it ends up becoming the largest DFS gaming site in 2009. DraftKings in 2012 becomes the second largest gaming site. All because it bought out another one called Draft Street, which came out about a year after FanDuel. So it's not that important, but DraftKings bought them out and became the second largest site. So then the two end up going head-to-head with all these partnerships with the sports. You have DraftKings that ends up partnering with the MLB, FanDuel that ends up partnering with the NBA, DraftKings partners with NHL, and they go back and forth. DraftKings who who got the NFL? Did anybody get the NFL that they were partnered with? Because I remember on my Xbox, they have an NFL Super Bowl app. So when you're watching the Super Bowl, you also are able to see fantasy score. You can log in and have your fantasy team scores Mm -hmm. live on the side of the screen while you're Mm -hmm. watching it. Yeah. And I can't remember what company it was that was like the you know logo in the corner of that. I don't have an official partner for the NFL on in mm. my notes. Maybe it, it was maybe it was Xbox. Could have been partnered with Xbox or something like oh, that. I'm not... Either way, it was really neat. I thought it was cool. I just couldn't remember who it was. To my knowledge, I haven't heard of anything of them having a direct partnership with the NFL or the NFL having a direct partnership with either one of them. Yeah. Just because of their link to gambling and the NFL trying to (laughs) hide the fact that people gamble on football. Yeah, exactly. Something pretty cool is in 2013, you have the first one day millionaire from fantasy sports that wins in 2013 on the FanDuel Fantasy Football Championship where these people are going head to head to see what team or what line up will be the best and this guy ends up they call him t-speedo ends up winning a million dollars and then the following year you have a multi-winner multi-millionaire winner um who ends up winning two million instead of one million so company just keeps growing and growing and the two are worth over 800 million combined now one has the two companies two companies DraftKings and fanduel fanduel ranging around 360 to 400 million and DraftKings surpassing them at about 445 million and they just keep growing something really cool though to pay attention to is and we love to bring it up Amazon is trying to find <laughs> oh, a way got, to get involved was, yes of course um of course Amazon <laughs> of course. you knew I'd bring them up they got to get their bite I just wanted to throw that in really quick but they've acquired this other fantasy site called Twitch so they're trying to w- slowly work their way up apparently Google is too with all of these fantasy sports yeah everybody has one I mean Yahoo has one AOL Wait. has one everyone has a daily fantasy site now that you can deposit through mm-hmm. it's just a matter of whose service is going to be used the most you said the site Twitch yes Twitch is a video gaming streaming service. Yeah. 
so they're like partnering with their ability to stream stuff or i believe so google's kind of doing the same thing because google has youtube Mm -hmm. yeah because twitch is huge well and that's also another market to get people into it if you're not into football but you're into games and you're into fantasy football is a game Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. oh never okay i get the angle now i get it twitch is a monster like server for video game streaming yeah yeah okay of course amazon would think of that i got you (laughs) the big thing to be watching for if you're a fan of FanDuel and companies like that is FanDuel is actually, which I don't know why they weren't doing before, but they're actually trying to get people in the UK to start doing this with soccer, where they start having fantasy soccer leagues for English Premier League and all of those those types of things, English or European Champions mm-hmm. League. But that's you know something what? that how do you score it though? Is it like it's different per game? They have fantasy golf, they have fantasy everything, man. Mm-hmm. Fantasy NASCAR. So just the scoring is just number of penalties could be points in soccer. You know, well yeah. I mean, for instance, in NASCAR, number of laps led penalty things like uh, if you yeah. choose a group of five drivers versus my five drivers versus you know but they're all based on the premise of you fill out a roster for whatever sport you're talking about with this amount of money mm-hmm. and then players or people or things are valued at different amounts depending on their skill set or how right. many yeah. average points they deliver towards you know so mm-hmm. in essence you and i could have we could play the same game on FanDuel or DraftKings, and we could end up picking the same exact team and not know it yeah. Until our point total came out at the very end. Or maybe and then we, it's a tie. Either that or maybe we pick everything except one person that's different. So our, the difference between us is point one instead of a full point. Right. And that point one difference, I've seen it on DraftKings or FanDuel. Cost, yeah, you've told me. Cost someone over $80,000 <laughs> for less than a hundredth of a point. Wow. I mean, I'm talking point oh one. But they were still in winning, though, at that Yeah, that but $100,000. Yeah. So, But Daily Fantasy, which is what DFS stands for, right? Yeah. Yeah, Daily Fantasy fantasy sports that's incredible what they've been able to do it's it's why i'm able to talk about what i'm going to talk about how to draft a team yeah i'm still trying to figure out how to play so i'm no expert by any means but Mm. i can tell you that there are a lot of people that have written a lot of books about this people that have shows that get paid a lot of money to do nothing but talk about fantasy sports they have written all of these different types of uh like i said strategies approaches to how to draft your team Hmm. you ever played fantasy sports your fantasy football uh I'm going to be honest. No. No, but you understand. But I'm getting in on it. We're going to do this. Do you understand how it works? Yeah. I mean, you... Trust me, we've talked about it. You've explained it to me. I'm pretty sure I got it. Let me get this straight, right? It's you, your players, like a touchdown is so many points. Uh, 10 rushing yards is so many points. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, this many yards in passing is so many points. And all those things add up to each player having a certain number of points they can earn in that game for your team. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then whoever has the most points of the pool wins. You match up versus someone each week. My team plays your team. And then the next week, my team might play Malcolm's team. Right. But I was meaning like on those big websites it's like a thousand people in a room all oh, paid, yeah, yeah, yeah. All paid $20 to play and whoever gets the best score out of the team they pick wins. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. And it just varies the point totals that they get. So again, they've come up with methods behind how you should draft your team. I'm going to talk about three of them that I think are really cool. Uh, one of them is called the zero running back principle centered around the fact that running backs come a dime a dozen mm-hmm. they get in, they get injured pretty frequently and you can end up getting quality running backs later in the draft as opposed to quality receivers and a quarterback so this principle is all about value basically best available player type of draft not a running back hmm. you, that makes total sense because you are right running backs get hurt a lot and what happens if you pick that one and he gets hurt yeah I mean you you invest a very high draft 
position for somebody, and mm-hmm. then they get hurt. And then you're just screwed with a, a gimp player. Mm. Yet yeah, this thought has kind of given birth and surrounds the idea of what they call value-based drafting or VBD, which it's not about how many points the people score each week. It's how they score versus their peers at their same position. It allows or it forces people to draft differently as opposed to the highest two highest scored running backs might be at 11 points each week and that that is relative with each other as opposed to the two receivers that are still left on the board that might be at 12 points or 10 points each each week as opposed to it being relative to my overall team and the amount of points i need people focus more on the relative to what it is to their peers that's left on the board they do all that without taking the running backs away from it so again it's all about value it's all about your value and a lot of people recently do risk assessment correct but a lot of people recently have kind of poo-pooed on this whole value-based drafting so they they don't believe by it they think that it drafting basically the next available best person is not the best way to build a team so Hmm. But also that can come back and bite you, and that running back could score you at 200 points. <laughs> For sure. I mean, but yeah. so obvious, the opposite of the zero running back system, and that's just the name of it, the opposite of it is the, something they call hyper-fragility, which is the aim to land a top five running back, a top 10 running back, and a top 15 running back within your first three draft picks. And just bank <laughs> on one of them killing it for you? you basically, you, you build your team around your running backs. They deliver so much because so many people stay away from them because just in the long haul of it, it's mm-hmm. what's going to carry the most of your points. Right. Mm-hmm. They usually have the most yard, rushing yards, of course. Yes. As far as points as that They're going to see that. more touches. Yeah. yeah. More interested mm-hmm. in having those three, the top five, top ten, top fifteen, than having a top five, top five, and top five running back, wide receiver, and quarterback. Okay. At least according to again all these metrics and things, but it's definitely not a best available system, and they stay heavily devoted to allowing their team fate to rest on the running back position. That's totally not me. <laughs> the way that I play fantasy football is this last one I'm about to talk about, Uh-oh. which is Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, I thought you, I thought you would have had your own strategy that's different than everyone else. Well, I after reading about them, I didn't realize that it was this in detail until we started doing this research. Okay. So I'd never heard zero running back, and I'd never heard hyper fragility. I've never heard. <laughs> this being called that's just a, a good word hyperfragility yeah, i like it but i've never heard this method being called this but it's kind of what i walked myself through for my last two seasons playing with my family draft and you see success through it well i've been in the championship game twice i've lost both mm. years but i've been in the championship game for the last two years so it worked but late round qb is the name of this method it's basically a zero exceptions method like you are looking for a top 12 quarterback but you are waiting until you need to draft that top 12 quarterback. You're not going to rush to it based on what other people are doing. So like with this method, a lot of times people will ask the question, well, what if everybody else is drafting a quarterback early? Like everyone's going crazy on quarterbacks. Like, do I still wait? And according to the system, the answer is yes, you still wait. Mm. There's a, a lot of numbers that break down to it, but you start three running backs or three wide receivers, depending on what league you're in. A lot of times it's two running backs, two wide receivers, and then a flex position. Mm. Some leagues it's two running backs three wide receivers and a flex position either way it's three and two or three and three something like that versus one quarterback so the amount of points that these people are able to potentially give to you each week and the weighting of these it's just a different way to look at it quarterbacks are the most important position on the football field i don't think anyone will argue that but they're not the most important position in fantasy and i don't think that many fantasy experts would argue that either 
the demand for the running back, the wide receiver, and even the tight end sometimes overtakes the demand for quarterback, at least in my mind, the way that I draft and would give anyone advice of, about the way that they would draft their team. Thank well, I think that would be like a common mistake, you know, of any football player or football fan um, coming into any fantasy league thinking that you got to draft your quarterback first you got to draft that Cam well Newton yeah i mean the, the season that peyton manning had a couple years ago where he threw 50 or, touchdowns yeah. or whatever that's an outlier so of course you know him people are going to want to draft him first overall the next year thinking that he's going to do that again mm-hmm. that type of thing but again that's why this is a no exceptions policy mm-hmm. you just you stick to this and this this is kind of where i'm at do you remember our last draft? Do you remember kind of how it went? Yeah, you were actually teaching me a little bit before the draft began on how to He's draft. feeding you lies so that you would Well, I know win. that you were able to get, you had A.J. Green, right? Yeah. You were able to get A.J. And Green and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You were able to get those two in back-to-back picks. Mm-hmm. So that was, I thought that you did relatively well. You know, ended up with those <laughs> I two. I think so, too. But either way, these think about this. On average, for 12 team leagues, the 12th quarterback, which would be a start, one starter for each team so even people that aren't geniuses or don't understand football 12th quarterback 12 teams so that would be one quarterback for each team they come off the board around say the eighth round so the 24th wide receiver generally comes off the board around the start of the sixth round and the 24th running back generally comes off the board around the middle of the fifth round Hmm. so if we're drafting value and we're thinking about these things the quarterback is one that you can take more of a chance on waiting for. So again, why do, do I have to run early if everybody else is? No. All it's going to do is just take away your chance of getting beating them in value in another spot mm-hmm. is what it's going to do. The key is this, is something that was in quotes, not only draft a quarterback late, but understand the value and when to take the risk. So listen to this. This is what I thought was awesome. Bust rates for first round running backs and first round wide receivers is kind of high. Like say you draft an Antonio Brown or a mm-hmm. OBJ, somebody like that gets hurt. They don't have the AJ Green type of season you know whatever where they'd have a couple good games but the bust rate for sixth round or later wide receivers and running backs is exponentially higher than the bust rate for first second third fourth and fifth round running backs so don't wait to get your running backs and your receivers wait to get your quarterback that's yeah. my biggest piece of hmm. advice going into draft day so are you gonna feel <laughs> really pissed off whenever i pick some stupid array and screw up all the science behind what you're saying it won't and then win no because that's the great thing about this method is you can't screw it up like you can pick you could have the first overall pick and draft josh dobbs chris johnson okay (laughs) okay a backup running back for arizona somebody like that that's still not going to throw everything off Mm -hmm. or say you start going quarterback and then two three and four go quarterback i was more so meaning like how it is in poker when you sit down at the table with somebody that's a noob and you push all in pre-flop or something with pocket aces or just like you know trying to push somebody out well that's the good thing about this whatever you do can only screw you up i guess so so but Mm -hmm. i'm meaning like but you know the situation you're you got yes. you're like you got two aces you're pre-flop all in because you're trying to bet somebody out that's already raised you a bunch and you're like I, I got you and then this idiot that's never played before is like well I, all right let's go 
and he turns over like two seven, and then the flop comes and it's seven seven two, and you're like, you mother. Well, see, listen, <laughs> that can happen on game day. That can happen during the season, absolutely. Right. But, but it's you, not going to happen. But you know on the reaction day. you have to that idiot sitting at the table with you, like, what in the devil were you doing calling me with two seven? You understand the rage I'm of talking. About. Absolutely, I understand the rage. One hundred percent. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what but you're talking about. But I'm saying, is that the kind of thing that's going to happen if I've just no, picked I the think... perfect team, uneducated to the subject, is or at least as good as you, and then I end up winning? I will have that rage. Yes. Okay. I just was going to make sure that was going to be a real uh, thing. Yeah, the rage will be a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing that you're going to do on draft day that's going to screw anybody up but you. Like, I oh, guess yeah, is the point I guess I'm that's making. A good point. You're like, why? Why did you pick him? What are you doing? But I'll tell you this: from my experience playing lately, the team that I have at the end of the season does not resemble the team that I drafted. That's just how it is. So you've got to you have to understand that. Mm-hmm. You have to be fluid. You have to go into it understanding it's not best available player. You have to have some kind of strategy. I, su- I suggest pick from one of these three. Zero running back. You gotta go for it. Either you pick heavy running back or you pick late quarterback. There are the focuses. So obviously there's going to be a blend of those, but you have to have a primary focus to why you're drafting. Are you drafting running back heavy, no running back until late, or no quarterback until late? Me you have be- to have a focus. Me being a noob, I'm going for hyper fragility. Well, listen to this. <laughs> 33, this is a big stat that I liked. So how many teams in the league? 32? Mm-hmm. 32 teams in the league. 33 quarterbacks last year had at least one game that would be considered elite scoring in fantasy. 27 had at least two or more. I think it was for five or more games, there was nine or ten quarterbacks that had elite weeks. Hmm. Five el- or more elite weeks. You know who Andy Dalton is? Yeah. Do you know who Andy Dalton is? You Maybe. don't know who he is uh-huh. at all? Okay. Do you know who Drew Brees is? Oh, yeah. So you know, oh, yeah. No, just your just your reaction. Well, it's, no, it's no, 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 no. This is good. This Super is good. Super Bowl Saints. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Drew Brees, like on a scale, is going to be up here, right? Yeah. Andy Dalton on a scale is going to be like, I never heard of that asshole, right? Okay. Last year, their four best games, if you were to take the averages of those two players, their four best games, mm-hmm. Drew Brees only outscored Andy Dalton by two points per game. Mm-hmm. I guess it also depends on who they're playing and how their day was and everything else. Andy too, Dalton right? was ranked the fifth highest scoring quarterback the entire season last year. Well, if you're playing against the Dolphins. I remember trading for him. <laughs> but Andy Dalton also only had five elite weeks. There was like nine other quarterbacks that had six or seven elite mm. weeks, and Andy Dalton ended up outscoring them over the long haul. Wow. And he's a late-round quarterback. He was one. He went undrafted in our eight-team league that we had. Yeah? Yeah. To start well, at our draft. Crazy yeah. things can happen, like back when Appalachian State went and beat Michigan on that. Yeah, but those are outliers, Hayden. Like know, that's, and that's the but point. But you know, crazy things can happen. For sure. But it's, again, I never really thought of it, of having a plan all around for my draft going in. I went in, the last time I went with, okay, I'm going to get a quarterback late. I'm not going to worry about it in my family league. I was like, I'm just going to get a quarterback late. Not even going to worry about it. I ended up with Kirk Cousins. I think I drafted Kirk Cousins in like the seventh or the eighth round. I mean, it was... I do. <laughs> and I liked it when he was, you know, throwing for 260 yards and three touchdowns by halftime. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's I, that's our fantasy talk. I, I definitely am into it. We're going to get you into it, Hayden. This daily stuff is a different You're going to like it. I can totally get on ESPN and read player stats and try and make my picks based on that. I, I well, that's I, what I was wanting to say, too. The other thing when you listen to Wade's going to talk about it a lot and you hear other people talk about it too is not just their statistics but what have they been doing during the off season who do they live with no I, I'm I'm dead serious yeah, the, I mean, that kind well, of stuff backstories that, about them 
butterfly effect, man. There's a factors that affect everything. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting how it plays into fantasy sports. It's like his girlfriend dumped him, so he might play like shit next game. Well, like, and there are some <laughs> players that are matchup proof. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter what week it is. Doesn't they're going to score the rain, amount of snow, yeah. shine, indoor, outdoor. Their girlfriend just slapped them. They just pulled a gun on somebody. <laughs> Whatever. Just... There's some the, some of those dudes that are going to get through it. But then a lot of fantasy football, which is why the argument is that it's a game of skill, is that it's about reading the matchups it's mm-hmm. about knowing these players knowing the teams quite frankly what it boils down to a lot of times is knowing the freaking game plan mm-hmm. because when i'm talking about these the 24th and 28th running back like who the hell what the, what's his name you never <laughs> heard of him and the only reason you know his name is because you've got money riding on him like yeah. that's, <laughs> you know that's the only reason you know his you name know, but you gotta know is he's the third string running back for that team so i gotta take a chance that he's in the game plan this week i watched him last week and they threw a couple swing passes to him out of the backfield and i heard that they wanted to work him into the slot this week so i'm gonna mm. take a chance that maybe he catches a 60 yard touchdown like that stuff matters mm-hmm. When it comes to paying attention to these fringe spots, the ones that are right there on the edge, how do you round out your flex position? Who's your wide receiver three? And it's, I got somebody hurt this week or somebody on a bye week. That's where I'm going to come in because I'm a nerd about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some advice that's terrible, and then I'm going to give you some advice that's freaking awesome. I'm going to give you some some guys' it's names. got to keep his odds good. Some No, but there's <laughs> going to be some guys' names that I pick up and I play on Daily Fantasy that I'm going to be able to come back to the pod and say... I knew that that guy was going to get targeted 10 times this week. I heard it. It's going to be fun to hear. Whatever. So it's going to be fun. And I'm going to brag about it, and then I'm going to wear egg on my face for the ones that I'm totally wrong about. But what's different about any other prognosticator? I mean, those people all just predict the future, and they don't have to pay the penalty of getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. What if players could, like players, like the football player themselves, are able to know how much money is riding on them getting points? They do. They do know? Well, they don't know the do- the exact decimal, but I guarantee you like, they know. this many dollars people are going to lose if I don't score 20 points today. Well, it's not just people. It's probably a lot of people they know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah. No, How because much Think about it, Hayden. Think about if Odell Beckham Jr. knows that the game plan is to get him 25 targets this week. Mm-hmm. And he tells his cousin, I'm getting 25 targets this week. Yeah. Ride me hot on daily fantasy yeah hmm. whether i want them or not whether i score or not i'm getting 25 opportunities the more you play fantasy football you're going to hear that word targets more than you hear anything because it's about how many opportunities, opportunities of are these people getting right a target would be i'm a wide receiver malcolm's my quarterback i might have had five catches on the day but if i had 10 targets that means he threw to me 10 times right I, you were part of a play that was supposed to score so whether it was my fault or not whether it was a bad throw or i dropped it or whatever targets are targets and those are what people a lot of times it's how they pick their teams it's how they decide who's going to start of course the person with the most targets generally be the person that scores the most points too well you have the most again opportunity probability to score score, yeah but you also know that the players know all about of what fantasy football is all about although they're not playing supposedly they know that other people are riding them high from week to week because you can tell I, i can remember this one time watching tv after the jaguars got done 
when Jones Drew was their running back, instead of running into the end zone at the end of the game, which he could have easily done, he had to just take a knee like his coach had asked them to do right before the end zone, and it ended up cost. It probably ended up costing whoever had him on their team a couple of points. And after he was addressing the media, he publicly said, "I'm sorry to people who had my had me on their fantasy football team." And <laughs> oh, dude, quarterbacks have to think about it all the time, Hayden. You know the old drill of take the snap and then go backwards and take a knee mm-hmm. that takes away a rushing yard from a quarterback it can oh it negative can yards hurt you. negative oh, negative things hurt because it's net at the end of the game dude that's mm. another instance where i've seen somebody lose a hundred thousand dollar tournament oh, because a quarterback a kneel down at the end of a game oh a kneel down oh my it's a negative God. rushing yard yeah. so people gamble on everything you, these oh. players know about this they but they go into the nfl then i don't think that there's anything that's gambled on more heavily than the nfl so these guys know that everything that they do is gambled on i don't think it has an effect on them i right. don't think they think about it i mean i think after the game a lot of <laughs> the younger, like what if there's an app for players that are down the sidelines are like oh shit there's 40 million dollars on me right now <laughs> see but that's also <laughs> kind of like a pete rose conflict of yeah. interest kind of thing i know it is that's it's, just but what if crazy with it with the risk of getting kicked out of the league and banned forever (laughs) i don't think that they are into it themselves but they're fully aware of it i know but wouldn't that be crazy to know how much money's on you right then log into that website and all of a sudden you know that there's 80 million dollars on the table for your game that day yeah that would be cool <laughs> like, that would be you know cool. what i mean just something absurd well, like it's kind of like going to the super bowl they know they know they have a ballpark as to how much money is wagered on what they're doing right now mm-hmm. the mvp knows how much money is wagered on what he's about to say those kinds of prop bets mm-hmm. so dude, I, I would love to talk gambling forever I mean, we could different million million different angles. Yeah. So stay Good tuned stuff. for stay tuned for next week's fantasy football advice. We're gonna, this is going to be something that's weekly. I'm not going to be able to hold it in. <laughs> Good. I'm not, especially Good. after I do my draft. I'm not going to be able to hold it in. Anyway, that was a great van top, guys. If uh, you guys have any questions about fantasy football, hit us up. Well, honestly, I'll give you my advice. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to be right. But let's do this. So thanks for joining us. We're going to catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.